This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's, there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevatechurch.com. Good morning, everyone. My name's Andy. I'm the chaplain at the Erie City Mission. And, uh, whoo! And every once in a while, Colby lets me out of my cage and allows me to come here and speak with you. I am so excited to be here. And doesn't that song just make you... No? No? So, little known fact about Andy Kerr. Not many people know this. When I was a kid, we used to have something called the Little Gritters Football League. All right? From Edinburgh, Pennsylvania. Anybody ever play in the Little Gritters? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, I mean when I was there? Okay. <clears throat> Leather helmets. So, when, back in the day, in order to fund what we were doing, we had something called the Little Gritters Dances. In the Little Gritters dances on Friday night, we would go and, and dance in middle schoolers to fifth grade to eighth grade, and uh, K-104, anybody? All right, all right. People under 30 are like, huh, what? <laughs> so they would come out, and they would have the, you know, the big speakers. They would do all the music. We had some Michael Jackson, and we had you know, a party like it's 1999, you know, some prints, and there was a dance contest every time, every week, and every time, I won. <laughs> it's true. Every single time. Every time, I won. Every week. That's it. That's the end of the story. <laughs> I can dance. I'm just saying. That's what... <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I might hurt myself. So here's the thing. You know, when we think about this song and we, we feel that I've got this feeling inside and, and it just can't, and we have to dance and, and feel joy. The song is about this joy, this it's fun, it's it's light. And when we think about this idea of joy, and we're going to look at a scripture today where Paul talks about, starts the passage with this idea of joy. He actually commands his audience, the Philippians, he commands them to rejoice, and he repeats it. In case they didn't hear it. And again, I say rejoice, this idea of joy. And as I was thinking about this talk, and, and how do you do a talk from a song like this, and I was thinking joy, but as I began to process it, I realized that, that sometimes joy is fleeting when it's not grounded. And so I realized that it's kind of at this 
core of joy is this peace. And the scripture talks about a peace that passes all understanding. The Romans actually, chapter five, verse one says, if we have been justified by faith, then we have peace. It's this Jewish concept called shalom is the word. The shalom, shalom means wholeness. It's a peace that, that is putting us back together. It's a peace that only comes as we're connected with God, who's our creator. When we're attached or reattached to the world in the way that we were created to be, the way we were created to exist, the way that we were in the beginning when God made us and fashioned us and created us in his likeness, in his image, that then we had this shalom, this oneness with God, this wholeness about who we were, that this underlying sense of peace, shalom with God, this wholeness, it's where the concept of salvation comes from. Salvation in the New Testament is really just wholeness. See, when everything went wrong and we tried to do it our own way, that we got separated from God and, and that intimate relationship with God was broken and there was no longer wholeness, there was no longer peace. And in this world, you may know this already, but anxiety reigns. So many distractions. There's so many things that are pulling us apart, pulling us into pieces. Some of us may be coming here today feeling like our lives are just shattered. They're just pieces everywhere. But true joy flows out of shalom, peace with God. So if you're coming here today feeling like things have been shattered in pieces, that there is a peace from God that passes all understanding. That what we want is wholeness. And when we have those moments of fleeting moments sometimes in a, in a world that's pretty difficult, when we feel joy, and if you know me, I'm up most of the time. I'm, I'm pretty happy. I just am. I don't know. I didn't like make this huge decision at the beginning of my life to just be kind of happy. But there are definite times when I'm not. And life is hard here. And so what does Paul say when he starts? So if you have a Bible app and you want to scroll there, Romans uh, or Philippians chapter four, verses nine, uh, verses four through nine. If you have a Bible, you can flip there. If you don't have any of those, totally good. It's going to be right up here on the screen. Starting in verse four, chapter four in Philippians, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And if you didn't hear me the first time, I say it again, rejoice. It's a command. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of shalom, the God of peace, will be with you. 
And I'm gonna use that acrostic today, peace, to be the start of all of the points. So if you're a note taker, you can write peace down your little piece of paper or electronically or whatever it is. The first one, the letter P is practicing rejoicing. Practice rejoicing. So Paul says rejoice, it's a command. You have to do this, you need to rejoice. And so what does that mean? How do you rejoice when you don't feel like rejoicing? Do you, do you ever have somebody that had something really bad happen and, and they're kind of like, well, praise the Lord. And you just want to punch them in the face? Oh, did I said that out loud. So, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem genuine. It doesn't seem to match. Like, I don't think that's what he's talking about. This idea of understanding what, it means to rejoice. It's connected to the word grace. The root words are the same in the Greek language. And our rejoicing, our shalom, is connected to this wholeness, this peace that comes through God's grace. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve what Christ did on the cross when he took our shame and our, and our guilt and our pain and our sin and our on himself and offered us forgiveness and unmerited favor and life eternal with him. We don't, we don't deserve that, yet it's freely given. That's his grace. There's nothing we can do to earn what he's given us and offered us. We just receive it. And we respond in gratitude to, to practice rejoicing is, is to be grateful, is actually to to think about the things that you have to be grateful for. So this morning, what are you grateful for? What are you really thankful for in your life as you think about what's going on? And life may be really hard for you right now, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not saying to be fake or muster up some feeling that's not there. I mean, what are you grateful for? What can you be grateful for? I mean, I'm grateful that I, I get to work at the Erie City Mission, that I get to work with amazing people that I get to hear stories about struggle and overcoming. That I can see life transformation. I get to see it and watch it. See what God does in people's lives firsthand. I love that so much. I'm so grateful for that job. I'm so grateful uh, for the people that God has sent to me. The, the people that have helped me along the way. All of us have people that have helped us along the way. None of us got here in any good place in our life without somebody helping us get there. All like turtles on a fence post. You know what I mean? Like if you see a turtle on a fence post, you know, you know what you, know what you can assume, right? You know, he had help, right? <laughs> so all of us are like that. All of us have had, had help. What can you be grateful? I'm so grateful uh, for my wife. Jen and I have been married 21 years. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> thank you. I, I do look young. I, I know that's surprising. Uh, uh, it was an arranged marriage. We were six. Uh, her mom's here. She set us up. I'm so grateful. For, I'm so grateful that God convinced her to marry me. <laughs> I, I am. I, she's amazing. 
It's, I can't imagine when I look back life without her. I I would have never done some of the things that I've done without her encouragement, without her helping me do it. I wouldn't get to do the stuff that I'm doing now if it wasn't for her. I'm so grateful for her. And God, I believe, convinced her. You know, it was a hard job, but just a couple, I mean, honestly, a couple days for the wedding, she was like, well, you sure this is the right thing? <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> True story, and, and I'm grateful God spoke to her. She said God has never spoke to her that clearly before in her life. It had to be super clear, I guess. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's worked out, you know. It's like, there are rewards in heaven, Jen. It's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> my, my point is that there's so much that we can be grateful for, but oftentimes we just get stuck. We get stuck. You know, life can be hard, and, and Jen and I have tried to have kids, and we, we, don't, we don't have kids. In the first five years of a marriage, we... We thought, well, we'll just kind of get to know each other. And then after that, we, we said, well, let's, let's not prevent anything from happening. Like, we're, let's see. And then at some point, we realized that it just wasn't happening. And so we went to the doctor, and we took the next steps, and we invested a lot of money, and it just it didn't happen. And it's hard. It's hard when life doesn't work out the way that you want it to. When you have a vision about certain things and it doesn't come to pass. Not pretending here. This is a practice of rejoicing to know that God is good, that his plans for us is good, that you can't do anything to convince him not to love you unconditionally. That his plans for you are the best. And that when we trust him and put our faith in him, that's where peace comes from. It comes from a deep place of being connected with the one that created us. That his grace has saved us and that he loves us unconditionally. And listen, you know, it's hard, it's hard when you, you are that kind of person and you, you're in your 40s and you don't have kids. And, and listen, Christians can be the worst when you're struggling. And I mean this. <laughs> well, you know, God's good. I'm, I'm 45. You know, it, it still might happen. I'm thinking now, I don't know if I want a kid at 65 graduating from high school. I don't know if I w- want to be that old anymore. I know God can still do it. We've had so many people that have <laughs> been like, that have suggestions for us how to get pregnant. Okay. If you're that person, stop it. Not helpful. Well, I'll tell you what what worked for us. No, I don't want to know what worked for you. Oh, you're going to tell me anyways. Okay, all right, here we go. Oh, just drink some wine. Okay, that'll do it. We've been to doctors, we've had medication, medical professionals at Cleveland Clinic, but you and your glass of wine is gonna solve my problem. (laughs) 
Thank you. Oh, you're going to tell me about what positions work now. Okay. All right. Stop. Thanks. Don't want. Oh, okay. Just. Well, this is not awkward at all. Just take a cruise. This is real, folks. This is advice that I've gotten. Just take a cruise. You know, I took a cruise one time. Three days in the open ocean. We hit a tropical storm. The boat was at a 45 degree angle. <laughs> Dishes are flying off the shelves. People are sick and barfing everywhere. You know what? I was not in the mood. I wasn't even in the mood. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Practice rejoicing. What are you grateful for in your life? What do you have to rejoice to God about? To make a list, to think about those, to dwell on the things that God has given you. The next thing, exhibit gentleness. Practice rejoicing, exhibit gentleness. Gentleness in this term means be ready to forgive and to show grace. Be ready to forgive and show grace. Are you the kind of person that is generally ready to forgive and show grace? Or are you the kind of person that is ready to judge and critique? I was talking to this guy, I do life coaching, and, and I, I said to him at one point, I was like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that your general attitude with the world is that you're slightly annoyed with everyone. <laughs> True or false? And I said, he was, you know, having some struggles. I said, what, what is your general, you know, modus operandi? How do you deal with people when they... You're talking to them in your relationships. Do you generally come across as somebody that's jumping in with your advice or are you coming across as somebody that's encouraging? How about you? How, how do you deal with the relationships in your life? How do you deal with people? I, I want you to know something and, and write this down if you have a pen. Unsolicited as advice is always taken as criticism. So let's talk, couples, shall we? You're at home. You see your significant other doing something that probably could be done in a much more better fashion, more efficiently, they're obviously confused on the right way to do the activity. How do you respond? Have they asked you? I seem to be struggling with this task. Could you help me? Just quick, have a little discussion. <laughs> Unsolicited advice. This may be the first time that you've heard that. You're always trying to help. Your heart is good. You want to be helpful. So this is how you do it. 
(laughs) Gentleness is not a weak thing. It's having control that you're comfortable with yourself and you let people be themselves and you come to them with the grace to be there to support, to encourage. We have this thing, I do a seminar called Crucial Conversation, so we can bring up that slide. See, this is what happens. A lot of us see some facts, okay? You see something. Everybody following me, tracking with me? You see something happen in your relationship, at work, something. You see some facts. Then you feel something based on the facts, right? An internal feeling, and then you act. You act on how you feel. But we miss the element. There's something that goes right there. And that is the story you make up about the facts that you've seen. Amen? (laughs) We can do it in seconds. We see something. We make up a story. We feel something based on our story. And then we act on what we feel. But there may be a thousand explanations to your facts. You've just picked your story. And listen, it happens to all of us. But you may need to start telling yourself a different story because you don't have all the information. You don't know what that person's been through. You don't know what they've gone through. You don't know what happened to them. Sometimes we just gotta tell ourselves a different story because when we see somebody that does something bad to us they have a character flaw they're a bad person but if we do something bad well it's based on it's circumstances well this happened and this happened and I basically couldn't help myself never a character flaw with us always with them oh, it got quiet, got quiet. <laughs> three is the awareness of God's presence Paul says God is near, he's near, he's close. See, whatever God is, he's that thing infinitely. He's infinitely loving. He's infinitely powerful. He's infinitely gracious. He's infinitely merciful. And he's infinitely close. God is infinitely close. He's everywhere And I want you to think about the fact that he's near. There's a mathematical thing, principle. I don't know math. I had to look it up. It's called Zeno's Paradox. Anybody ever heard of Zeno's Paradox? The math people in the house? I got a couple. (laughs) That's my friend, Damon. (laughs) He's like the smartest guy I know. So if I want to get to, what's your name, sir? Josh. Josh. If I want to get to Josh, right? But I do it by going halfway to Josh, and then halfway to Josh, and then halfway, and then halfway, and then halfway, and then halfway, and then halfway. Get what I'm saying, right? I'm going to get infinitely close to Josh, and it's going to be super awkward. (laughs) Right? I want you to imagine the fact that in this process, in his graciousness, as we're living out his gentleness in our life, that he's been gracious, so we're trying to be gracious, that God is near. He's always there. He's always with us, no matter if we're doing good or not doing good, because your behavior doesn't change how he feels about you. He loves you unconditionally, and maybe you're here today, and you don't know that. 
Or you're questioning the fact that God loves you unconditionally because you've done some pretty bad stuff and you know he was there through it all. He saw it all. He knows exactly what you've done. And nothing you can do can change his mind because he loves you unconditionally, more than you can imagine. He's infinitely close. No matter what's happening, you are never alone in this journey and you don't have to be. The true peace of God comes from a God that never leaves you or forsakes you. Practicing rejoicing, exhibiting gentleness, awareness of God's presence is that third thing. The fourth thing, Paul says you need to convert your anxiety to prayer. He says be anxious about nothing. Did anybody ever tell you to stop being anxious? How's that go? You know what, you need to calm down. How many of you calm down then? <laughs> You're about to fight, that's what's happening. Paul says no, in everything. Don't be anxious about anything, convert your anxiety to prayer. It should be a mental switch that when you sense that the anxiety is building, that it's a reminder to you that you need to turn it over to God. Prayer and petition is about your needs. It's about your personal needs. Some people feel like it's wrong to pray for themselves. They should only pray for other people. But the Bible literally says to take your request to God. So what are your requests? Go to him, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He wants you to tell him. He's not confused about what's going on, but we are. He wants us to give him those things with thanksgiving, turn them over with gratitude. God, I know that you can do all things. Please help me, I don't know what to do. I'm struggling, I'm stuck, please. This world is full of distractions. There's so much that's trying to grab for our attention. And when we feel that anxiety raise, we've got to go to him. I did a wedding a week ago, and, and there was a, a, a windstorm. It was like beautiful, it was sunny, but it was out in northeast, and there's flat, and there's nothing stopping the wind. So it was like 30 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour. And everybody was under these two tents, and the, the tents were covered with this tarp that's made out of like um, potato chip bags. You know what I mean, that material? So when the wind hits it, it's just loud, it's crazy, it's just flapping. And I'm doing, there's no microphone, there's no sound system. This couple standing in front of me, this baby's crying over here. Potato chip bags are going like crazy. And right behind me is the train tracks. Cause right, why not? <laughs> and don't you know, right about six o'clock PM is when the trains go. That's, there. Three of them. I didn't see a train all day. <laughs> Till that 25 minute wedding. Three trains went by, mile long. Nobody heard a word I said. But I'm shouting at this couple. <laughs> Do you take this man to bit? That's yeah, like. Use your anxiety. There's so many things, distractions, trying to drown out our voice and trying to drown out 
what God wants to do in our life. So we need to go to him because his voice will always break through. And finally, exchange your current thinking. The last E is exchange your current thinking. So I wanna ask you a question as we close. I wanna, I wanna say, who has been the biggest voice in your life to encourage you? Who, who is that person that spoke truth into your life? I would submit that the voice you've listened to the most is your own. Now, we, we've allowed voices in our life to shape the voice in our head, but you are talking to yourself, and I know you do. I know you talk to yourself. It's okay. But what matters is what we're telling ourselves. Whatever's noble, whatever's praiseworthy, if it's excellent, Paul says, these, these, these are the things that we need to think about. These are the things that should dominate our mind. When we catch ourselves in those places where that tape about the fact that we're no good, that God doesn't love me, that he can't save me based on what I've done, all those things are just lies, and we repeat, and we repeat, and we repeat. And that tape plays over and over, and if you're younger, maybe it's an MP3, but it plays over and over in your head. Some of you, it's an LP. I know, it's Okay. We've got to exchange that thinking for the truth. That his word tells us that we are made in the image of God. That we were created for a purpose. That he loves us unconditionally. That he gave his son in exchange for us. That he died. That his death was the atonement for our sin. And that through belief and faith in Christ, we embrace his forgiveness and we are set free and we are the child of God brought into the kingdom, brought into his family to live out the purpose that we were created for. And in this life, this peace, the joy that we want for our life flows out of a shalom that only comes from God. And so to exchange your thinking is to begin to tell yourself a different story about yourself. The conversation between the services, somebody connected those two points because in the first service, I did not connect them. But you see certain facts about yourself, but oftentimes we're telling ourselves a false story about ourselves. And we need to tell ourselves the story that God has told about us, not the story that the world has told about us. And so today, you, you may need to exchange your thinking. You, mean, you, may, you may need to reach out to God in prayer to lift up those struggles, to begin living in gentleness and the grace that he showed us and to embrace his life of shalom. So if you've come to this place in pieces and broken and fractured, that true peace and wholeness comes from Christ. So let's pray. Jesus, we are grateful. And I just wanna extend an offer if you're here today and, and you feel like you've lost that peace or you've walked away from that peace, you know it's true and, and Christ is a part of your life and you wanna reconnect with him and pray and cast your cares upon him this morning. If that's you this morning, you wanna just put your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. 
And maybe today for the first time, you've made that decision, you've heard this message, you know that Christ gave his life for you, but today you wanna embrace shalom, you want wholeness, you wanna be reconnected with the God that, that created you, that happens only through Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through him. So if today you wanna step into the kingdom to become a child of God and embrace the forgiveness offered through his cross and resurrection, if that's you today, just put your hand up. Amen. Though the journey starts today and you embrace a, a peace that passes all understanding, that you surrender your life to him, he wants all the pieces because he's gonna take them and make something beautiful out of the brokenness. That you can begin to walk in that relationship and to trust God for your salvation and for your true peace and joy. So Jesus, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. We are always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevatechurch.com. 